2: What is going on, everybody, and welcome to the FTN High Stakes Fantasy Football Podcast. This used to be the primetime fantasy football podcast. It's just basically been rebranded. You've got two of your favorite people you've been listening to for the last couple of years, Maddie Davis and Nelson Souza. And I am Vlad Sedler at RotoGun on Twitter, here to join you and kind of uh, facilitate the discussions here. We're a few weeks away from the start of the NFL season, 2023. And uh, we're going to have, have some fun um, over the, the course of, uh, of this season. So without further ado, wanted to introduce... Number one, Matthew Davis at Maddie Wood on Twitter. Maddie, how's uh, how's draft season been treating you so far?
0: Very good. I have dabbled my toes in multiple types of contests over at the NFFC. So, three RotoWire online championships have been completed. I've also done uh, an online auction championship and then a slow draft. So, uh, I always start with the slow draft. Kind of give myself an hour to figure out roster construction, the player pool, et cetera. And then after that, I start jumping into the other stuff. Oh, and I've also done a cut line. Yeah. So I'm I'm not nearly as deep as uh, Nelson here, but uh, I'm getting going.
2: And I know we've got a lot of our listeners here familiar with Matty Wood, and obviously he works with me on the baseball side of things. And both of us are kind of known as baseball guys, but you know we've been playing in the high stakes arena for uh, for several years i mean uh, probably a dozen years or so and matty's been doing his own set of crushing over the years pretty high up there in the nffc cutline contest the online championships and the primetime so um, dude really good to connect with you here on this podcast and then of course the man the myth and the legend himself one of the all-time uh, highest stakes money winners in fantasy football history you know him as the franchise twelve. That's with an underscore between the and franchise on Twitter or X, as it's called now. Uh, Nelson Souza, Nelson, bro. It was uh, really good to do the live stream with you uh, last weekend on a Saturday night. You, you hopped on and we drafted uh, not too far from each other. I was the eighth pick. You were the twelfth pick, and uh, uh, you're one of the people that I always am. Um, you know, just so uh, hate hate to be in your leagues. Obviously, hard to avoid you in many cases, but. Um, uh, it, I learn a lot from you. And so, you know, obviously sitting here and, and talking to you once a week is only going to make me a better fantasy football player. But uh, but you know, great, great to talk to you, man.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Vlad. And and likewise with you guys. And you know, I, I know you guys, you know, will will ask me questions with, you know, football as we start ramping up. And I do the same with, with you guys, you know, back and forth, and especially with, you know, baseball. You guys are uh, two of the best. At baseball and I, you know, my teams that have, are having success right now, it, it has to do with uh, you guys. So I owe it to you guys for helping me out and getting me up to speed this baseball season. Um, with that said, uh, part of, you know, my plan this year was to cut back on the number of football teams that I'm doing. So I just looked it up and at this time last year, I was through 75 uh, OCs. Uh, last year this year I'm at 30 so mission accomplished I've actually i've I've cut back more than 50 percent so uh, but I underdog I've ramped that up um, which is pretty good and I'm doing about four or five a day uh, with mm-hmm. underdog so trying to trying to max that out get to 150
2: yeah that's nice and and the good thing about that contest on underdog the uh, the, the BBM four, Uh, Best Ball Mania for $25 entry, million-dollar prize. FTN is the promo code if you have not signed up for Underdog. It's a really good one, Uh, so definitely check that out. But, yeah, great to be here, guys, the three of us. We are, over the next few weeks, uh, just going to get you completely ramped up for the regular season uh, and for draft season, basically, have you um, just comfortable with roster construction, uh, the player pools, the tier drop-offs, and everything. And uh, for those that haven't heard us before, Um, You know what? There are a million podcasts to listen to out there. Amazing ones, honestly. Um, Of course, some uh, mediocre ones as well. But ours is really um, it's it's for the mid to high stakes uh, crowd, um, you know, kind of centric to that. But I think it's it's something that's uh, that's really kind of helpful for for people, no matter what level um, that you're playing in. So lots of value I think you'll get from our conversations. Our analysis a lot of times will be high stakes or, or NFFC leaning. That's the ADP we will primarily use, but a lot of that stuff is transferable. Uh, The theories and strategies that can be applied to all formats and contests. So um, you're going to get a lot of uh, sort of no fluff from us. A group of uh, a trio here that really isn't afraid to go against the grain and majority opinions, and also rare in that we put a lot of money up uh, where our mouths are in these national contests over the years. Uh, You know, we battle against each other, other great people in the industry that that play and and lots of professional fantasy football players so that's what we're here to do the three of us here to help you win. Uh, so the first thing at least for the topic today, um, just speaking on on the no fluff uh, on the no fluff of things, we're gonna just dive right into the quarterback position um, just kind of you know start from the top and as far as NFFC is concerned, it's a unique format with the quarterbacks in that the uh, passing touchdown points are six per passing touchdown, as opposed to four in your standard league. So there's a, a little bit of a twist there, but wanted to kind of get a feel from you guys, like how things are different, how you, you play many different types of formats, but Nelson uh, specifically for you, what have you done over the years? Let kind of let's forget about this year, but like how do you treat uh, NFFC differently with the six points per quarterback, uh, you know, passing touchdowns um, as from the passes you have now?
1: Yeah, sure. So predominantly uh, through the years in my career, I, I've i been playing uh, NFFC, FFPC, and now I've been doing uh, underdog best ball. Um, but I, you know, my bread and butter is definitely redraft. And the quarterback position, uh, historically, I've always, I've never really attacked it. I've always laid back and I usually take you know, one quarterback, and I I usually save the bench spots for uh, handcuff-type running backs, and uh, during the season is when I try to acquire, like, a second QB, and I've had success doing that, and I think the NFL has changed a little bit, and the last couple of years, we've really seen these running quarterbacks develop, and they've kind of taken the league by storm. And with, with that, like the Mahomes, Allen, like Hertz, you know, type of quarterbacks, they're just, they're at a, they're on another level. And I've noticed that you can gain a pretty good edge um, at that position. If you have one of those elite guys and it doesn't need to be the, you know, those three, um, There's a lot of guys this year that are going just a little bit lower the next tier, Um, and I. So that's my philosophy has changed in my drafting style. So I'm targeting, you know, kind of like those top eight quarterbacks. I'd like to come out of the draft with one of them um, because of the edge I feel like you you get last year. When I look back at um, my teams that didn't perform well versus my teams that did do well the one common denominator was I had like Aaron Rodgers and like Derek Carr on a bunch of my shitty teams. And all my good teams were like Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts. Those, those were my good teams. So I, I just think that getting the edge and not relying on those like bottom tier guys, listen, Golf, Geno Smith, all those guys could could be really solid, but I think there's something to be said and you can accomplish it by gaining an edge with those top tier guys and finding that RB two or that flex or that wide receiver three later on in your draft.
2: Yeah. And we'll dive into them a little bit more uh, deeply by tiers. And, and obviously there's a high draft capital. There's a high uh, cost that you're giving up by, by going after one of those top three guys, um, and then I remember Nelson 2021 in so many drafts with you in NFFC, you were loading up on, on Tom Brady there And man, it was like the 10th round in a lot of cases, just loading up, you know, getting the Godwins and Evans as early and lo and behold, uh, it was a big season for him. He was a top three quarterback that season. Uh, 2019 was a big year for me, uh, loading up on Lamar Jackson. I know both of you guys did as well. Uh, and so, yeah, of course, a lot of it is that balance between, um, you know, what you're giving up in the second round to get a top guy uh, versus how strongly you feel about maybe finding someone in the later tiers that could jump up into the next group. Uh, Maddie, how about you? What How have you been uh, handling the quarterback position on NFFC specifically over the last few years?
0: I've continuously been, been ponying up year after year. And this year I'm sort of with the market or a little bit more aggressive than it. And that's because of the ceiling and the output that they can give you you mentioned the six points per passing touchdown it also comes with the quarterbacks that are able to run the ball so there's two things i'm looking for in a ceiling and that is a minimum of 60 rush attempts and that will give you the output of a ceiling of 500 or more fantasy points and last year you only had two quarterbacks do that that was patrick mahomes and josh allen uh this year we could potentially see quite a few more guys uh, in that threshold of 500 or more fantasy points. And I certainly want to, I'm willing to pony up that draft capital to get one of those guys, because when you break it down per game and at the end of the season, when you're in the playoffs, um, if you have somebody that's going to be potentially outscoring, you know, the other quarterbacks that aren't hitting that ceiling of 40 to 50 plus points on one of those weekends, uh, you are in a really tough spot and I don't want to be there.
2: Yeah, and and it's uh it's a nice segue you bring up uh, total points because just wanted to lay out a little bit the last couple of seasons as far as how we're looking at these guys the the end of year performance uh, or the season long performance of these guys from a total points perspective and a per game perspective and just because the points per game are a little different in a 6 point per pass touchdown format. So specifically last year, uh there were basically there were four there were um 12 quarterbacks to, which is a lot compared to the previous years, that ha- averaged more than 22 fantasy points per season. Uh, I mean, uh, over last season, uh, per game. Last season, there were four quarterbacks that averaged between 29 and 33. That was Mahomes. He was at 32 and a half. Josh Allen was next right behind him at 32. Uh, Hertz was at 31. And Burrow, right under the cut, he was at 29 and a half. Then you had eight guys that were basically between 20 to 25. You had obviously Lamar, uh, Tua, though he didn't play the full season. Geno Smith with the, with the uh, bounce back season. Justin Fields rushing uh, monster. Kirk Cousins, of course, at this wonderful targets. T-Law t Law, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Kyler Murray in a partial season. Jared Goff in that great offense. Dak Prescott, Herbert, uh, Daniel Jones, and Tom Brady. Um, and then as a from a total points perspective, there were only five quarterbacks. Over 400 points. So 400 is kind of like a good benchmark for your elite guys. And of those five, two of them were over 500 points. So obviously Mahomes and Allen. So that's 2021. In 2020, there were three uh, quarterbacks right around 30 fantasy points. That was Josh Allen again. It was Tom Brady, who Nelson had a lot of that season. And then Justin Herbert in his big season. Then you had six in the 27 to 29 range. That was Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott. Matthew Stafford in the Rams Super Bowl year, Kyler Murray again in a partial season, and then Joe Burrow. Um, And then you had three guys right around 25 points. So Kirk Cousins again, always kind of there in the the top 10, 12, Lamar Jackson, and then Jalen Hurts in his sort of first full season. So all in all, in 2021, there were nine quarterbacks over 400 points. So think back 2022, last season, only five over uh, 400, but uh, nine in 2021. Um, and then just one more year I'll throw out there. The previous season, 2020, the COVID year, there were five guys over 30 points. It was Mahomes, who was the top point getter, Aaron Rodgers in a massive season. He actually led uh, in fantasy points total that year. You had Josh Allen, once again, three consecutive seasons, Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. Um, and then so that season, there were 11 quarterbacks that were over 400 points. And then the two that I'd mentioned, Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers were the two over 500. So I don't know how much you guys look into that past history. Of course, this is a new year. It's a blank slate. Uh, But is there anything that you, um, Maddie, start with you that derive from that? Just kind of that little study I I put together that show you guys on the outline that kind of helps you glean what you might be looking for um, and and how you might attack a draft board differently with quarterbacks.
0: The guys you mentioned that aren't rushing had... Uh, unsustainable years when it comes to pass attempts like the Tom Brady seasons or an unsustainable efficiency season like Aaron Rodgers when he had that MVP season, whichever one it was. Um, so for me, I, I just really want to attack somebody that's going to rush the ball at least 60 times on a good offense that's going to throw the ball uh, to provide that ceiling. Um, and we're going to get to some guys. I know that I already mentioned early that uh, you know I'm willing to pony up early, but there are some guys actually – Uh, A few tiers down that do perk my interest. You kind of mentioned that, you know, each year you have somebody that ends up budding up into not potential a superstar uh, potentially, or even in fantasy sports, that's able to get to that 500 plus points or close to it. Uh, And there are at least one or two quarterbacks that I think could potentially do that. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting into the tiers of all of these guys.
2: And same question to you, Nelson. I know, you know, these numbers in the back of your head or, or you know, around and probably a lot of our listeners do as well, but just kind of looking back at the last three years, is there anything that like reminded you of something or anything that just kind of triggered something that would be helpful for
1: 2023? Um, no, just, just the fact that I, I want to get one of those top quarterbacks on, on really good offenses. And, uh, because every every year it, it changes where you have like the, those guys in the lower tier that you can project that their offense is going to be good. But, you know, there's something to be said about the Eagles, Bills, and the Chiefs, right? So those are the three prominent offenses. And they're probably not going to bust. Like, so I feel like if you're going to take a quarterback, you want to have someone that's bust proof. So I do think that if you're going to pony up uh, the draft capital to acquire one of those quarterbacks, you get, you, you know what you're getting um, at that position. So that's kind of like my main takeaway from it.
2: And then how often when you've taken a top guy, I mean, are you, uh, Nelson star with you? Do you always just wait uh, to grab a, a random backup? Because there, there is something to, And and of course, I don't mean random, but just just you're deprioritizing the position and and hitting the the yellows and green stickers. But do you ever like worry about, okay, if my guy goes down, um, I'm kind of screwed if I don't get somebody. And obviously, a lot of these, you know, these breakout guys aren't always available in in fab. And of course, in NFFC, I feel like it's a little looser, right? Like in my latest in that OC that we were in together, Matthew Stafford wasn't even drafted. Um, so this is just kind of the, you know just to think about the type of league that we, that we play in here at the NFFC. But um, yeah, I mean, do you how are you looking at that?
1: So if I get one of the top guys, um, we have ten bench spots uh, mm-hmm. in in this redraft uh, leagues that we play in. And I want to use utilize that spot for a handcuff uh, or high upside type of running back that I can stash for a little while and I don't worry about my backup QB. <clears throat> so only when I push back the, the quarterback position and I end up in like that second or third tier of quarterback is when I make it a priority to try to acquire two of them in that range that potentially uh, a solid option. And then I look for like a high upside um, type quarterback. Uh, but yeah, those bench spots are valuable to me. And I look at it as like, if my top quarterback goes down, um, either I'll go with their backup or I'll just try to find one on the waiver wire. And knowing that, you know, I'm kind of screwed anyway. So I I really don't prioritize having a backup QB for my, like Josh Allen team, for example.
2: And Maddie, when you, I don't know if this has happened to you yet so far this season, but say the top guys went, the middle guys, you just kind of passed on, you went in other directions, or, and you're ending up on a Tua or a Deshaun uh, as your first uh, pick. Are you then looking to grab like somebody from the next tier, like a, a Dak, a Cousins, Daniel Jones, um, a little earlier? I mean, it's a similar question thing that I was at, uh, that Nelson was just talking about. But then what other things are you looking for as far as? You know, if you have to settle for two of those guys, are you looking for like how they match up on bye weeks, how their schedule sort of plays out over the course of the season? Are you looking at things like the fantasy playoff schedule, um, even though we can't read the future that far in advance? It's still well, there are some yeah, sort of tendencies or things that we glean in that direction about how we feel the playoffs might go or how defenses might be at that time. But uh, yeah, how, how are you uh, deciding um, if you're having to wait and punt?
0: I if it's the third tier with with Watson and Tua, Dak, Daniel Jones, etc. um I'm probably not going to double dip in that tier uh, because the draft capital is going to be close to similar and I'm going to be wanting to go back to something else. Um I'm never going to want to take two quarterbacks in a similar area just because I think it's drying up too much of the board for yourself and by the time that third pick comes around if you're taking um two quarterbacks in a similar range uh it's going to limit your depth in your overall roster construction. So for me, uh, I, I would only take one of them and likely wait until like the last round and take a, uh, a Bryce young. Uh, that's who I have been drafting round 29, round 30. Um, and if I'm taking an early quarterback, like the draft, the, you know, the Jalen hurts, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, etc., Um, I'm probably not drafting one and waiting until the regular season shakes out. And then, um, I'll let fab dictate who's going to be the guy uh, when that time comes.
2: Okay. That's great. So uh, let's dive into this. Let's go tier by tier. So what I'm going to do is use ADP from the NFFC just for the month of August so far. So it's only eight days, but we have a nice little data set of 24 drafts, uh, which isn't, uh, which isn't too bad. um, OCs. I think what um, Nelson, you're in 20 of those.
1: Yeah. 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 So,
2: so, we're going to use that group here and just kind of break it down tier by tier and and really just dive in and, and get some 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 real thoughts from you guys on this. Because okay, so just kind of starting off the top, you've got Patrick Mahomes, ADP right around 1617. You got Hertz is around ADP, ADP 1920, and then Josh Allen right there at the end of the second round, twenty two twenty three, Um, I guess, and then and then we've seen some m- minimum picks. So we got the min max. Uh, thing going on. Minimum is their sort of min pick for these twenty four drafts. Max is the the latest they've gone. Um, both Mahomes and Hertz have gone at the one two turn. So that's picks twelve and thirteen over this last over these last eight days. Um, so just uh, something to note. There are just some people that just kind of want to grab them there, uh, but they're all great quarterbacks, right? So one theory is they're all amazing. If I'm having to pick between the three, okay, let me. You know, some people will lean Mahomes, or like, like I just can't go wrong. I'll probably be in a, in a good spot. Mahomes is the goat. He's amazing. Everybody loves him. Um, and then sometimes that second round price just feels early. It's just a matter of about how you want to uh, how you want to build. And then you got Jalen Hurts. Kind of, you know, he had 200 less pass attempts than, than Mahomes last year. Made up for it on the rushing side. And then Josh Allen. I don't know if you guys are concerned at all at all uh, the fact that he's a favorite in Vegas for the season long props for interceptions. Um, so I guess, uh, Nelson, I'll start with you. Let's talk about these three guys. What makes one stand out above the rest to you, or are you just happy to grab any of the three?
1: I'm, I'm happy to grab any of the three. Um, I obviously have, you know, them ranked a certain way, but, uh, like I said, um, you know, once the wide receivers dry up, um, at the beginning of the second round, I'm probably looking to acquire one of those guys. If the way I built my team, if wide receiver is still available or potential running back, you know, slips um, I'll take one of those and then look for the second tier. But um, I'm totally fine with all three and I'm not worried about the interception prop with uh, Josh Allen. I I think what we got to keep in mind is that he did get hurt last season on his throwing elbow and that it, it seemed like it didn't impact him, but it, it did. And I, I think he'll be just fine this year. And he's going to
2: be, I was going to say, he was gonna be absolute beast the last three seasons. But if, if we, we were all watching games last year, he was the one guy and, and you, you mentioned the injury that, just didn't look dominant every single week, the way that Mahomes and hurts did. And obviously the last three seasons, he's been a top three quarterback, but yeah, I mean, good chance he is again this year, but Maddie, what do you think?
0: Yeah. I think that what Nelson was saying with the, the elbow injury that happened against in uh, the jets game, uh, he didn't look right at at all. After that, Um, he was actually on one of my primetime teams. So I was closely watching him each week and, just Gabe Davis, right. That season never happened really. And I I think that that's sort of gaining a little bit of steam. So there's some correlation there and we, everybody loves Stefan Diggs again and uh, another year of the same offense, uh, another year removed with Brian Dable. So uh, familiarity. And I I think they're just on the up and up. And this, the the crazy thing is, is Allen was just behind Mahomes last season uh, in points per game. Uh, just a a half point per game less uh, than Mahomes, and things really didn't go Allen's way and the bills way. It just didn't feel that way right at the end of the season or in the second half. So um, if you're asking me, like, if this was like a a baseball, you know, kind of a math regression thing, I I almost think that there's some room for growth with Allen, which is really fucking scary to think of. Um, So yeah, I, I like him quite a bit and he's sort of that, that perfect blend of, The hundred plus rush attempts which not many quarterbacks do outside of you know hertz and and jackson uh when jackson is right and then you're going to see the massive amount of pass attempts as well so um yeah yeah he's he's just it's scary to think that he could potentially just i I think things just didn't go right really and he still kind of was elite which is just crazy to think of
2: and then i just want to throw this right back to you with um with the playoff schedule and just i guess rank them for me and maddie if you don't mind going first then nelson uh, who's got the best playoff schedule of these three if you just kind of foresee things in late december there so weeks 15 through 17 the nffc playoffs most of the time almost everyone's playoffs the bills get two of three games at home they get the cowboys in week 15 at home they get the chargers on the road traveling traveling to la and then they get the patriots at home so that's Dallas at chargers home new england the uh that
0: Oh, okay. We're going to go through all of them first. Sorry. (laughs) I'm going
2: to drop them real quick. Uh, The Chiefs, they get the Patriots on the road, Raiders at home, Bengals at home, and then you got the uh, Eagles, the Seahawks on the road, Giants at home, and then the Cardinals at home. So they're they're all kind of good, right? I mean, what do you like best there? Um, I would actually argue and say that I think that the Bills have
0: the toughest one for sure. Two of those defenses are absolutely elite. One of them is going to be a divisional game for the second time, and then they're going to be traveling uh, East Coast to West Coast. So, um, I, I yeah, I would definitely say that the Bills have the toughest one.
2: What do you think of those schedules, Nelson?
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that Mahomes and Hurts have an edge on Allen yeah. in, in terms of scheduling. And then trying to debate and decide what's going to happen in that uh, Arizona week 17, right, Yeah. With, with the Eagles? I mean, the Eagles are going to probably murder uh, the Cardinals, and it's just a matter of is it going to be like the Hertz show and he's going to have, like, four total touchdowns, or are they just going to be able to, like, just crush them and then, like, Hertz wasn't really the one getting it done. It was, like, on the ground type deal. So that worries me a little bit where Mahomes against Cincinnati – you know, that's his so-called uh, – I'm not, not going to say nemesis anymore because um, he's been able to uh, – he's been able to beat Burrow, right? Last year he finally yep. beat mm-hmm. Burrow. Yep. Um, so it's more of like their rival, and that could potentially be like, you know, a 60-point type of uh, yeah. game where it's just a total shootout. So probably might give the edge to Mahomes a little bit in the playoff schedule.
0: Now, Nelson, after dissecting something like that, and I know your rankings are just a slightly a little bit tweaked differently, um, but does that now make you – does that move the needle for you? Uh, or I know that you differentiate because you obviously have exposure to all three of these quarterbacks, but yeah. now that we've kind of put a little microscope up to the, the playoff schedule and kind of mapped out these little bit of you know scenarios of the Eagles might not really need Hurts against – the. The Cardinals and the Bills are traveling and play two tough defenses, etc. And then you have Mahomes in that that boat race, right, against Cincinnati. Yeah. Does that, w- when you're really thinking about things, is that would that move the needle for Mahomes above Hertz at some point? No,
1: no, because I I know Mahomes goes ahead of Hertz ninety uh, percent uh, of the time. So I'm I'm always going to take when faced between the decision of taking which one, I'm always going to take Mahomes. Um, just because if I take Hertz every single time when both are on the board, I'm never going to have, I'm never drafting Mahomes, basically. So um, I know to do that to kind of manipulate my rankings um, when I'm drafting. And again, I'm doing a lot of drafts and I want to get exposure to both. So I'm, I'm totally fine leaving it as is. One big money league, um, the Platinum, 20K on the line, and I'm faced with that decision, I'm probably going to go Hurts just because I want that um, – I like Hurts's floor with his rushing upside where, you know, Kevin and I – it's funny because Kevin Adams and I, we had this debate because he, he's very much pro-Mahomes. He thinks Mahomes over everybody. And Yes and rightfully so, but, and in the past volume and everything, but you know, Hertz just, he runs more than Mahomes, And so I, I like that Um, in terms of like a confined league, I'm just going to take Hertz and not worry about the schedule because like I, like I said, week 17 against Arizona, it could be Hertz rushing in for like two touchdowns and throwing for three uh, very easily in that game. So, and he sits out the fourth quarter, like, I could see that happening.
2: Yeah, and then well, even Hertz by that point, Philly could even really be clinched, and it's just kind of a throwaway game for them, even though they have still two games to go, and they'll want to get out, get him out there. But it's even possible he just comes out there for for a quarter and just you know, very that's possible what
1: scares me. Listen, listen, come on, we can't be scared galaxy brain
2: in though, yeah, we can, yeah, yeah. no,
1: yeah, we <laughs> that's definitely galaxy brain because like I I think we're now. Uh, getting too carried away trying to predict the season and I do that myself I do try to I try to look and kind of project and predict what is going to happen but like man I don't know like Eagles undefeated see you know or whatever by that time they're 15 and 1 or something like that whatever and th- it's week 17 and you know, oh, we're just going to rest. You know, hurts and the starters. We can't worry about that when we're drafting. I I think we need to. Yeah,
2: yeah. We're, we're, world could have already exploded by then. We have no idea. Yeah,
1: yeah. So let's Hertz let's is, in that case Hertz let's is jump the number
2: into. Number one ranked
0: overall quarterback. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Well, let's let's jump into the second tier here. An interesting group, and um, and just again looking at ADP on NFFC for the eight days in August so far, twenty four drafts. Lamar Jackson, ADP of 35. Joe Burrow has slipped. He was going in the 30 to 32 range in the middle of the third. Now he's going around 39, which is early fourth. And then you got Justin Herbert right after him. He's pick 42. Um, And then I guess we should include these guys in the conversation, even though they're about a round away. Uh, In round five, you've got Justin Fields going around 51, and you've got Trevor Lawrence around 54. And there are a lot of good things to say about all of them uh, just as far as men's and maxes in these drafts for the last couple of weeks, Lamar Jackson's men is 20. So, oh, yeah. you know, middle of the second round, of course, it's just one outlier, one random person. And there's a, obviously a good, it, if there's a good bet for anyone to kind of jump into that top three, just because he's been there before Lamar Jackson is one. I think Joe Burrow, if he's healthy and good to go week one and has no injuries over the course of the year, I think he's another. Uh, so those guys both have men's over the last eight days in the in the 20s so like in the second round early third and then you got someone like trevor lawrence who's going to weigh a little bit more down there and of course he's got that new uh, offense in tow basically similar offenses adding calvin ridley but uh, and tank bigsby but his men is 46 so not a lot of people willing to kind of jump uh, the shark with him so uh maddie let's start with you let's just kind of talk about these guys in general Who who stands out for you Uh, from these six who's your usually your your first target or among these five
0: yeah it's uh specifically (laughs) it's uh trevor lawrence and i can cut the bs because nobody's gonna listen to me anyway so i like trevor lawrence above all of those guys uh outside of lamar jackson so excluding lamar jackson i think he sort of belongs in that tier above potentially um we're also gonna see uh all these quarterbacks, they all have some room to rise a little bit because uh, you mentioned Joe Burrow in the calf. Uh, Lamar Jackson has some new receivers to play with. We can see potential positive reports from both camps there, uh, health for Burrow, and then with Herbert, uh, now that they added a new weapon there, uh, and with Justin Fields and that new uh, blooming offense. Uh, so you can see all of them kind of go north, and then you're already seeing all the Calvin Ridley hype and you know Christian Kirk's popping off, Evan Ingram, et cetera. Um, all of them could potentially have a little bit of wiggle room to grow, um, in that regard. But I do like Trevor Lawrence the most out of all of them. I think the third year, um, is going to be a big one with him. I think we could potentially see just as many rush attempts as we saw in his first year, which was 72. Um, and last year it was in the sixties. So if we get that, uh, plus Calvin Ridley, uh, sounds pretty good, you know, second year with Christian Kirk. Uh, I really, really, really do like this offense, and they play in a bunch of warm weather places for the playoffs since we're going into schedules. Uh, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay Bucs, Carolina Panthers, Tennessee Titans. Titans were really bad against wide receivers last year. So, um, yeah, I, I like the, I like Trevor Lawrence above uh, all those guys besides Lamar Jackson. I think Lamar Jackson could potentially break the game again um, if healthy and those wide receivers uh, stay healthy with them, and there's some chemistry
2: can you guys remind me? Cause for some reason I'm just blanking in, we're about to enter primetime season, NFC NFFC primetime, the 1750, uh, $1,750 entry leagues. Uh, those are going to start up soon. I forget. Is there like a similar thing with quarterbacks as there is with starting pitchers in baseball there where quarterbacks start to get pushed up as we get closer to Can you, anyone refresh my memory on that?
1: Yep. that's are correct. That, that is yep. correct. So, in the 350s um, that that we're doing, which in, I'm referring to, if you're not familiar with uh, NFFC, is uh, 350 dollar uh, leagues, the online championship. Um, quarterbacks, you know, they tend to be discounted a little bit, and then once you get into main event season, um, you you have you have some sharp drafters and just guy the The entry fee is much larger, right? You're talking about in the 1700 hundred dollar range and you know guys just pony up for that quarterback the the elite guys just get bumped up um you know just a just a little bit so it's very similar to the starting pitching uh in baseball
2: okay all right that's good and That i remember now <laughs> um I, for me i want one of these top eight guys and The way I've been drafting so far, and I've only done a few OCs so far, Um, I'm not even counting underdogs right now in this conversation, Uh, but I haven't been landing just based on my draft slot. I usually miss out on the Mahomes, Hurts Allen. I've been having an early first round pick, so those guys are usually gone by my second round pick. So I've been playing in that second tier range. So it's usually Lamar, Burrow, Herbert, Fields, Lawrence. I'm very happy with those guys. So, so far, I don't have any drafts where I'm kind Mm -hmm. of going beyond there, and i I'm barely confident with, um, with all of them, you know, that there's just going to be a bust or an injury somewhere there in between. But Nelson, I remember, and you have your fade list and it's great. I've been following it even before I was, we were both with FTN. Um, and you know, you did it on other sites before. Um, it's kind of nice that it's mainstream. It's kind of nice also that we're still kind of like a secret. Like there's just so many other good, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but I don't think a lot of people realize like you know that you are literally like the best, and that people need to be following the stuff. And it's it's never perfect, right? You're not gonna nail every single guy, and it's not fade as in like don't draft these guys, but it's like there's a price that they currently have. There's a market price, and it's just not worth that market price. And 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 I learned my lesson from you personally last year. I remember I forgot who it was, but it was a it was a running back coming off an ACL, and um and it, so much time had passed, but you just have like a hard and fast rule on that usually. And I was like, no, and I give you my arguments, blah blah blah. Long story short, you were right. So I'll remember at some point in this podcast um, you know, what you were right about. But what I'm getting to is that you were not in on the Chargers' offense last year, and the whole world was like, "What? How?" I mean, you know, anybody that said anything negative about the Chargers, you would hardly hear it. They, you just wouldn't, you wouldn't be hearing it, right? You were on that, you nailed it. I mean, Justin Justin Herbert literally had a hundred less fantasy points, approximately, than he did the previous season in this format. Um, so now he's kind of coming off that year, the price discount. He does you don't know, you're not getting much of a discount on Justin Herbert, but where are you with this Chargers offense now? Like a- adding mm-hmm. big Q, you know, Eckler another year, ready to go. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen. Like what, what do you, what do you think with Herbert this year?
1: Yeah. So Keenan Allen's getting up there in age. So there, there's a little bit of negative negative there with um, he, he was banged up with the hamstring injury last year and he had stringed together a couple of healthy seasons, but he does have a history of be getting banged up. And Mike Williams is probably one of the um, pictures when you Google, like injury prone in the NFL, Mike Williams' name comes up.
2: Can't quit him. Can't quit him.
1: Can't but I either. but he's he's a guy that I've always been fond of and I, you know, tend to draft every year. If he stays healthy and I really like the Quentin Johnson pick. Um, I think that really helps their offense tremendously. If one of those guys, you know, uh, misses a couple of weeks during the season, I think Herbert will be primed for a big year uh, this year. So, and, and the other part that I really like uh, about the offense is Kellen Moore coming over from the Cowboys. Uh, they're just going to play faster. I thought, um, that OC did a poor job of being aggressive and throwing downfield. Everything was a freaking check down to Eckler, um, and I just I was I just wasn't on that offense. Uh, partly too because I you know Herbert was coming off like a really great season and and people were hyping him up, and I just tend to be contrarian uh, when it comes to stuff like that. Uh, I go again you know I kind of fade. Uh, the masses and the general public. When mm-hmm. when I'm hearing too much, there's too much steam and there's too much noise, uh, you know, on certain players. I I usually go the other way, um, and it's it's not necessarily because, you know, I think the general public is terrible at evaluation. I just
2: yeah, you, know, you said it, not me.
1: Yeah, I okay. I'll, I'll, I was trying to be nice about it, but like, <laughs> yeah, I just you know, I I rather. I rather go against the the grain when it comes to that. When it it w- when it's too popular and it's too mainstream, you know, not not interested. I feel like it's like it's like a r- row of sheep, you know, heading to you know to get slaughtered.
0: To, to yeah, cap yeah.
2: off the the, the Chargers offense, uh, uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I like it. Nelson
2: getting dark yeah i mean and again this is you know we're we're like we're, we're this is no fluff this is the no fluff podcast i think most are gonna have a lot of like if you are new um to i mean i don't think a lot of people that are i don't want to guess the audience here but like i don't think someone new is just you know kind of logging in and they're listening like oh what's an ffc and this, you're this? gonna have it's gonna be a lot of our competitors it's yeah, ftn subscribers it's uh people that stumble upon it they you know, it's a, it's a nice mix, but we're, we're not going to, we're not going to mess around here. We're going to kind of get right to the facts. There's, there's no, no reason uh, when I have Maddie Wood who pulls no punches, ne- uh, neither does Nelson. There's there's no reason for us to to pull punches on this podcast. Speaking of that, uh, Justin Fields, I want to know where you guys are at with him because it's really, it just kind of seems like a very sort of consensus. Everyone like, like I do my own projections. I, you kind of put them together and I just, I guess going back to what you were just saying, I kind of feel myself pulling in like as a sheep where i'm like okay well i expect the 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 passing numbers to go up and um you know maybe the rushing to come down a little bit and just you know kind of getting along with everyone else there but do you see any way where like he's like the biggest bust of the group or possibly also like the number one quarterback like what are the percentage chances of these two things happening who ever wants to go first
0: I don't see a bust. I'll, I'll say I'll say that just because of the rushing upside we saw last year, and I think that what they were doing in Chicago that was pretty much the the low um, of what we're going to see. The floor we'll say uh, with Justin Fields, what they started to integrate after um, they made some changes in integrating him as being the focal point of the offense, giving him the keys to you know running the rock as much as he did. You bring in DJ Moore, who is going to substantially help out when you have uh you know Chase Claypool people are already throwing tomatoes at him but he's a a, a sizable good sized receiver that is going to complement DJ Moore who is able to run around and move around the field and then you have Darnell Mooney who was being drafted in the fifth round of high stakes leagues last year and now he's being completely forgotten due to the injury but he's now not no longer being asked to be a number one uh and so these these pieces kind of complement. Uh, you know, the offense overall and the rushing game is going to be there when you have Justin Fields in the backfield. So I think the efficiency goes up, uh, the effectiveness goes up, uh, and, and I like it. And I don't think that, I mean, it, it went wrong last year, right? And then he just sort of just popped off regardless. And I think we're going to see that again.
2: Well, the passing volume was just them in Atlanta. It was just an all-time, mm-hmm. it was insane. There, there really is, that. that's the bottom. There really is only one way to go up. By the yeah, way, total yeah, side yeah, well, note. Oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, I think that they're telling us, though, like
0: bringing in Claypool and giving up the early second round draft capital that they did and then trading for DJ Moore. It kind of says, like, we're conscious of that and we know that this is a passing league and we do need to increase
2: that volume. By the way, there probably will be a week that the Chicago Bears are playing on a Monday night or like a Thursday night. And so there will be DFS showdown slates. And so I'm just saying it right now, I'm calling it now several months before whatever there will be a slate where you're going to want to play Robert Tanyan as your captain in that showdown. He's going to have a random two touchdown game <laughs> as Bears t- TDs do. And I know uh, that uh, it's, it's, you know, Cole Komet, he's the primary guy there, but I don't, oh, I'm not saying draft Robert Tanyan. I'm just saying he's going to have that random game. That's, that's, that's my gut call.
1: So I, so to piggyback off of Maddie, I don't think fields necessarily is going to bust but I think out of that group of wide receivers, I think that he's the most likely to disappoint. And the reason why I say that is because I know most people are pointing to there's no, uh, nowhere to go but up, but the you know the fact is that um, Justin Fields. Let, let's put this in perspective. His pass attempts, okay, was three hundred and eighteen. Lamar Jackson missed, He Fields played three more games than Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, Ravens, right? Run heavy, you know, you don't think of the Ravens as a, you know, pass-happy type of offense, right? Lamar Jackson playing three less games had more pass attempts than Justin Fields. Wow. So just to put that in perspective, so that, you know – what that tells me is like, I'm really, even though they brought in DJ Moore that that should help. And it, it's kind of painting and telling you a story that, Hey, you know, they probably want to throw more, but they felt like Mooney and Claypool, you know, wasn't a, enough talent, you know, for fields. But I do worry a little bit in the back of my mind that all we have with fields right now is just the rushing um, talent and and the rushing upside, mm. but the passing is where I get concerned. So I feel like he's probably, he's not probably, he is the, the last of that tier. Mm -hmm. Like I'd much rather have Lawrence, Herbert, Burrow, and uh, Jackson.
0: Agree. Um, One last thing too, we can, we're also going to see likely, even though they are going to pass more, I know there's only a certain amount of uh, play attempts per game, uh, but Uh, they weren't running with him like they were at the end of the year uh, at the beginning of the season. Right. So you saw rush attempts of eight, eight, seven, eight. Um, And then once they started to really integrate fields and say, all right, let's let them go. 12, 14, 15, 13, 18, 15 rush attempts. I I think we see more of that could be pretty good.
2: So the next group and let's touch on these two guys, because they're kind of in their own little standalone tiers. And this is, will be before we get into this big glut of of probably serviceable, possibly some breakouts or top five guys in this group. That'll be like the rounds 9 to 13 group. It's like the guys typically available in, in NFFC between 100 and 150 overall. Before we get into these guys, real quick, you've got uh, Deshaun Watson, ADP of 77. And then you've got Tua uh, at 102. Uh, how do you feel about these guys? Um, Which would you rather take? Is there any like anything? I mean, they both have, they're both there for a reason, right? I mean, obviously we know Tua's offense and his, you know, upside and capabilities. And then all you really hear is, oh, he's just one concussion away from, you know, retiring and being done. Is that really true? Uh, And then with Deshaun Watson, like, I don't think people are thinking like, oh, he's going to get in like, you know, off the field trouble stuff, but um, it is a, this is a run, still a run heavy offense. It's, it's, you know, Nick Chubb centric, um, but they've av- obviously added some, some weapons there with the, with Elijah Moore. So how do you feel about these two guys? Nelson, start with you.
1: Uh, so Deshaun Watson is clearly the, the next guy off the board after that um, those top eight guys are, are gone. And I can see it. Like I, I could see where he outperforms a few of those guys that are going in the top eight Um, Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, I think are really talented wide receivers. They got a talented tight end and Watson is more than capable, uh, as a running quarterback. So I think he's got some rushing upside. I think what you saw last year was a lot of rust, um, from him where he was away from the game for, for quite some time. And I could see it where they all they put that ho- that offense together and they they come out and they perform really well. So he's he's definitely uh above the rest. Tua, you know, I just don't think he there's no rushing uh upside with with Tua. Um but he's got two elite wide receivers and a very nice creative, fun there. Two uh,
2: elite. Two elite. Nice, nice. Elite. <laughs> yeah.
1: So He's got a, you know, talented play caller with, you know, uh, McDaniel there, and, but you know, I do, I do worry a little bit with the concussion, uh, because I definitely think like the next hit, um, could potentially, you know, maybe not his last where he retires, but it probably knocks him out for a good part of the season. It's just, it was scary last year, uh, what he went through, um, the the guy for me is it's like Watson and then it's like Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones with his rushing yes. upside. I think uh the Brian Dable offense. I think uh bringing in Waller, they got Jalen Hyatt, like yeah, it's a little bit of a hodgepodge at wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. But but it, it it's enough talent there in Mix for it to be a little bit of a committee and Waller's really the guy you want. Uh, out of that group that's mm-hmm. going to be the target hog. And I could I could see where Daniel Jones, you know, Barkley, you know, if he performs well, I could see Daniel Jones, again, one of those guys that along with Watson have the upside to go into that top tier with those, you know, be in that conversation next year. On the quarterbacks,
0: you fucker. We weren't being asked about those players, and you just stole all of my steam. And uh, that was my guy later on, it. and you just did all I, of that. I, I, we purpose, I purposely
1: did that. Yeah. <laughs> now, now you're gonna have to freaking free ball it, baby.
2: Yeah. We're, we're, before you jump into the, before we jump into this group, just Maddie, where are you at with Tonga Uh
0: I'm I'm terrified of the concussion. Uh, And then Nelson did brush on the rush attempts. You started to see those dry up, obviously last year. His uh, career high was 42 42 in 2021. Last year, that was pretty much cut in half at 24. I don't think we see any. Um, They are not going to be letting this guy. They're not going to be designing plays for him. They're not going to be looking to take these risks with him. And I just think that that caps the upside and then just one bad hit. I hope it doesn't happen, but this is a a very aggressive game that they play. And if it happens, he is going to be missing some time. And I think it will be an extensive amount of time. Um, but to correlate with those two elite uh, wide receivers, I do not think that it really impacts them necessarily because of McDaniels and the, the creativeness that they have in, in the offensive context of play calling, et cetera. So um, it scares me away from Tua, and I would certainly just pound Deshaun Watson. If I was telling myself I'm taking a quarterback here, um, it would be Deshaun Watson – uh, versus to a tonga it would be 10 out of 10 actually. And I don't usually do that, but, mm. um, I would probably do it here. They have uh, a bunch of freaks on offense. Um, and I think that having a full off season without all of the, what do you call that? Um, <laughs> with all the media and he's just, just without all of the distractions, right? The simple term, the distractions. Um, I, I think that that along with bringing in Elijah Moore, um, this offense is going to be pretty sick, in my opinion.
2: I don't want to sidetrack too much, but is, I haven't even looked it up. But is Elijah Higgins still happening there? Is he going to make the team? I don't know. We, we can talk about that when we get to the tight end. No, receiver. but DPJ is a
0: DPJ is going to be a nice little deep ball. They, I, I like him a little bit.
1: They have the best wide receiver in the NFL in Cedric Tillman. So this is according to Hall of Famer Randy Moss. Okay. So, that's that's all you need to know about Watson's upside.
2: Okay. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the meat and potatoes of the quarterback uh, position. We'll try to sum this up as much as, as quickly as possible. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. It's a real, true wild card tier. You got your mix of high upside guys. You got your solid veterans. They've been up there among the points leaders before in a season. You've got some above average quarterbacks with like incredible pass catching uh, dudes. Blossoming offense is just a mix of everything. And then just keep in mind, every year somebody from this group ends up as like a top five, six uh, quarterback. Uh, in t- last season, it was Geno Smith. He was the QB five in the NFFC format. In 2021, it was Matthew Stafford in the Super Bowl year. The previous year, granted, it was only a QB eight, but Ryan Tannehill in 2020 was a QB eight. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson with that magical season 2019, he was going in the 10th, 12th round. As we got into primetime season, he did start to get pushed up. But I remember lots of good teams, lots of good OCs um, in, I guess, middle July, August, or I'm getting them in like 13th, 14th round. It was it was a wild year. So here are the guys. Dak Prescott, ADP, 115. And just look as a marker. Just note that in a 12-teamer, it's obviously easy math. 120 is the cutoff point for, uh, for, for um, 10 rounds. So just so you kind of know where these guys are going. So Dak Prescott, 115. Cousins, 118. Daniel Jones, 130. Gino Smith, 136, Jared Goff, 138, Aaron Rodgers, and Anthony Richardson, the rookie, slightly behind them at 141, and then Russell Wilson at 151. Nelson, where do you want to start with these guys and with this group?
1: So I I think these guys are fine picks, and especially you want to grab two of them um, to try to hopefully hang your hat on one or just play matchups, but this is this is an area of the draft like that I just don't want to really be in the market um, I I do like I said I, I, there's guys that are more than capable of delivering solid production but I, I just think like I don't know I, I'm just not I'm not feeling it like it, it happens it happens every year where you you take you know, one of these quarterbacks and I, I just want, I want more. Like I, I think they lack the upside uh, of that, that first tier. And that's my problem is that when you take these guys, you're going to get solid quarterback play. Like they're, they're going to put up their 22, 23 points. I, I need, I need quarterbacks that I, I can say like, I'm putting them in and they could give me a 50 burger. You know, any mm.
2: given week. I'm going to go on a limb here. I was, I'm, I was just going to say. if I wanted to ask each of you if you were to pick one of these guys who you think could average more than 28 points per game, like over 450 total on the season, and take Daniel Jones out of it. Who would be your guy in this group?
1: <laughs> go ahead, Maddie. <laughs> who, who's your guy, Maddie?
0: Uh, it would be Jer- it would be Jared Goff actually. Um, I think what we saw last year that offense is going to continue to click. You'll end up getting Jamison Williams. They have the new back in Gibbs. Uh, another year of ARSB uh, liftoff. Uh, so I would go with having at least eight games. I don't have their full schedule up uh, on the board here, but getting a lot of dome games. Uh, I think every Sunday when the time comes and you're looking at totals and the over-unders, or I guess it's not an over-under, it's just the total, you're going to see a very high number for the Detroit Lions. And uh, so, yeah, give me Jared Goff playing in the Dome. He's figured it out, and I love that offense.
1: Fun fact, Jared Goff last year outscored Justin Herbert, Tom Brady, and Justin Fields.
2: And by the way, the home road splits, I remember this. I know we don't really do this in football, but obviously in in a dome at home, they were massive. It was just one of those things. Like in DFS, he was usually like on DraftKings in the 5-600 range or 5-6000 range, like earlier in the season. It's just a home game. You just blow up. And now this offense is even more um, insane. And you take away those easy kind of you know little one to five yard uh, easy touchdowns for Jamal Williams. I understand David Montgomery will probably uh, score a few of those, but man, yes. Yes, uh, another year of ARSB. Jamar Gibbs looks like everybody loves Jamar Gibbs at this point. Guy, j- guy just looks insane. You get James Williams in, in the mix there at some point. I mean, yeah, this is a very, very studly team. Um, so, yeah, I like it. I, I, I'm on board with that. Is, would that be your guy too, Nelson?
1: I, probably, yeah, I, I would say that it, it's probably Goff um, that I think in, in this tier that could deliver that season. I'll give you – I will give you an, a sneaky name. Um, I don't. I don't think don't, I mentioned him, but it was Derek. Is he in Carr. this tier? Derek. Carr. Oh,
2: Carr. Yeah, he's just like just based on ADP, he's kind of the the guy in the next tier. But yeah. yes, let's let's talk about Carr.
0: I've got one too.
2: <laughs> in the next tier. Okay. Oh well. So real quick, Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? Like, so I remember, like, oh, okay. So first of all, me and Kevin Adams are our, our FTN CEO. We got hosed by our colleague, David Jones. He runs our, our DFS. He's like a high stakes DFS guy. He's really good. He worked us and he was, I mean, we, we thought we just had it in the bag. We bet him money, um, substantial money that R- Russell Wilson last year would finish as a top 12 quarterback. It seemed like a no brainer. Um, and he kept telling us, he was just rubbing in. It's like, Russell Wilson sucks. He's done. Uh, Cortland Sutton sucks. We're like, what? And then we doubled down on a Cortland Sutton bet. <laughs> So yeah, D- yeah, David uh, definitely took us down on that one, and I just remember like I cut him at some point in, on my NFFC teams. Those were like my worst teams, and I was just like, dude, never again. And I know that's that's wrong, right? In, in fantasy football, like uh, or just in fantasy in general, you 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 want to be objective. You can't let these things get personal or emotional. You can't just say never again because now the stakes have changed. You've you know no more Nathaniel Hackett. You got Sean Payton in the mix. You got all these guys healthy and good, obviously other than Tim Patrick. So things have changed a little bit. And I catch myself buying in on this Denver Broncos offense a lot. Is that a mistake? Am I going to get disappointed by Russell Wilson again? And where do you lie on him versus Aaron Rodgers?
1: A lot of things went wrong for Russell Wilson. So you got to look at it as I think he got fat and happy, right? He's He's got a great looking wife and he's got the nice lifestyle, got paid, right? Got Got Good. his money. He looked a little chubby last year um had it you know did i don't even know if he even had it like his own locker I, it was more of like his own suite away yeah away from the locker lockers. room uh there's all this nonsense right that that's come out where he was a little bit of a diva right um and, and i know a little bit of inside information on russell that i'm not going to divulge on on this podcast um but if you subscribe to FTN Fantasy and you want to go on the Discord chat um, and DM me, I I'll be more than happy to share. But when I heard this uh, last summer about Wilson, um, it just made me think like about it. You know the the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner, right?
2: Just watched it a few days ago.
1: Okay, and and you remember the guy that like does the research and he's like. You know, you know who didn't go to Bo's birthday party? The whole, you know, ask me. The whole team, the whole team didn't go to his birthday. Well, I know a little bit of information with Wilson, and there's a, you know, a few of his teammates weren't too enamored uh, w- with him. So you look at all that, and then you look at the hack job that Nathaniel Hackett did, okay, in in Denver. It, it was just pathetic. Uh, really, like the way they were running that team, uh, there's nothing. You can't – they're at the bottom. They're, you can't go anywhere but up, okay, with Wilson. All the reports are that he's gotten in shape. Sean Payton's there. He's whipping them into shape. It, it's going to be more of a dynamic offense with Payton. Um I could see a rebound, but, man, he looked washed last year. He looked terrible. So, I I don't know. I, I, I don't – so, Vlad, to answer your question, you know, don't go all in on him is what I would say. Rogers
0: over Wilson is the answer. Uh, he's clicking with his new team. Sauce Gardner's got him a nice new pennant with the, uh, the diamonds in the green, number eight. Uh, yeah, he's very true. happily – It wasn't one year. Now it's going to be two years. Now he's saying it's going to be a few years. Um, Garrett Wilson will be the next Devontae Adams, and uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be efficient, and he's going to smash uh, Russell Wilson. Uh, And then, uh, Vlad, I think your last question of the night was uh, if there's that last tier of just take that dart throw, there's only one really true simple answer and it is Brock Purdy. There is only one team that has four flex players that are going inside the top 60 on average. That is Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle. How the beep do you think that they get there?
2: By big beep, Brock.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Purdy's got to be good, right? Yes.
2: Nelson and I specifically discuss this on the podcast and thankfully I snagged him a few picks uh, before Nelson was about to, but yeah, I mean, on, not on the podcast, on the live stream NFFC draft we did on Saturday night, by the way, you can catch that on YouTube on, uh, on the FTN channel. Um, it just kind of doesn't make sense. And the market will, and the other thing is in NFC, it, it really almost doesn't matter because he's a backup quarterback and people aren't really caring at that point. They're like, okay, fine. If he's gone, I'll just take, you know, car, maybe kyler will be there so it's almost like an afterthought which is fine um so yeah i mean i i love brock purdy this this season um i i'm you know there's today um as we record on uh you know tuesday august 8th some conversation about Trey lance and some special you know packages and plays where he like kind of usurps him and scores some points but overall we're not really all that worried about that maybe in like super flex leagues you could worry about that a little bit Um, But overall, if if Brock Purdy stays healthy, I mean, some people just have that "it" factor uh, that just kind of goes beyond um, you know analysis and and analytics um, that that we see. And and Brock Purdy seems to have that. By the way, I I cannot believe that we've almost gone the entire episode without me even mentioning where you can get things like the fade list, where you can get all of you know Nelson's info, Maddie's stuff in the high stakes package, and where you can get DM'd specific. uh, secrets and download, uh, information, download from about Russell Wilson last season. That's ftnfantasy.com. The high stakes package is where it's at. You can get the basic. It's really good. Obviously Jeff Ratcliffe, an amazing team that we have here, 99 99 for that. Uh, but the high stakes package gets you a little bit more and it basically gets you into the brain of Nelson Sousa. Uh, and that's one ninety-nine, ninety-nine, 99 and you can get 10% off with the promo code FTN wins. We'll probably set you up with a cool promo code for next week for the podcast, uh, maybe a little bit more of a discount there, um, but but no, no guarantees on that. Get, get it now while you can, because now is the time. Now is draft season. Uh, before we kind of jump, finish things off with our um, over-under game, got some season-long props I wanted to tackle with you guys, um, who, who else do we like outside of you know the, the these back-end guys? More so, let me ask you specifically about Desmond Ritter, who really did not look good, who uh, at least last season who even in camp is kind of overthrowing everyone. I know we might be kind of, um, kind of over, uh, what's the word? Kind of overanalyzing that situation. Mm -hmm. The team around him is amazing. Can they just sort of carry him? But because it even worked that way, don't you kind of need your quarterback to be like good, to be able to carry a good group around you?
1: He's got to be comfortable in the offense. Number one, Uh, that's the, that's the biggest thing. Because as a quarterback, you just don't. You don't want to really be thinking out there. You just want to be able to like go in the huddle, call play, and you're just you're in the zone. Like you're just there's a comfort level. So that's going to be the biggest thing. Is is he like? Does he know the playbook like the back of his hand? And does he feel comfortable with the pass rush and his pass protection? Um, because he's got some he's got some ballers um, on the field uh, on the offensive side. With Bijan Pitts and Drake London, and that's really all you need. So, you know, Ritter, yeah, I mean, he could take that step up because he does have the weapons.
2: Super quick, Maddie, how many touchdowns does Deontay Johnson score this year? I know this isn't a wide receiver episode.
0: Um, if I well, just... I, I, yeah, that that's fine. Um, Damn you, you're asking me a math question. And I, I want to kind of look at some things over the oh, years you, and I can't screw You had zero last year. Oh, yeah. No, I know, but I'm trying I'm trying to look at it. so when you look oh, at market here, right?
1: Over one it, and a half.
0: No, well, no. <laughs> it, at the book, the book's probably gonna be it, are you asking me what the book is have, has? It no, what how or? many
2: do you think he scores? And I'll ask you oh, the same, Nelson. How many um, do you think he scores?
0: I, I think he gets to at least um twenty or not twenty. I was gonna say what he did in twenty twenty one, which was eight. Uh I, I think that that's yeah, uh, one every other game on average, I, I would assume this year. I'll,
1: I'll smash the under because Pickens is going to have double digits. Well,
0: you fucker.
2: <laughs> George Pickens, yeah. he's That's yeah. my guy. Guy looks good. Last, uh, okay, over-under game. Here we go. And, and, and of course, anything else you want to know about the quarterbacks, jump into the, uh, the FTN Discord on the High Stakes channel. Uh, you can talk to Nelson, Maddie, and myself. We'll, we'll dive into the rookies a little bit more if you want to hear about Sam Howell, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. Anthony Richards. Howell's
1: intriguing, Vlad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When when I was doing my research and I was putting my rankings together, the thing that stood out to me, which I was shocked, I I didn't realize this about him. His last year in college, he rushed for over 800 rushing yards Mm -hmm. and like double digit digit touchdowns. So, like, I just don't get it. But, like, it's like, dude, if you're doing that at the college level, like, then he's got some type of upside in that offense, no?
0: Yep. That's a great super flex uh, your QB two. If you ended up uh, missing out on your second one, you know, and you're looking around and there's some of these guys and you're kind of just not knowing what to do. Sam Howell would be a, a, a decent uh, QB two in a super flex league. Absolutely.
2: I dig it. I'm on, on, on point with that, with that as well with you guys real quick on underdog, they've got some season long props listed. I wanted to just, just super quick. Uh, you guys just pick a, a, an over and under. I'll do the same on uh, four quarterbacks here and Lamar Jackson, for example. So th- on his rushing yard total right now, last I looked, it's 850, uh, 850.5 rushing yards um, over or under last year. As you know, he only played 12 games had 764, only 12 games the year prior, 767, 15 games in each of the pr- two previous seasons. He had a thousand and five and he had 1206. So obviously a little bit of um, injury uh, assumptions baked in there. 850.5. And I know, oh by the way, let me just preface this by saying um studies show and I don't want to quote these studies that like if you just kind of take the unders on everything like across the board, you're probably in good shape, like that's usually just the way to go um if you're just, mm-hmm. but we're going after these one at a time and you kind of we kind of have to take a stand here. Nelson, what do you say? Over under 850.5 rushing yards some more jacks.
1: Yeah, the last 2 years with those those injuries um that factors in. And I think obviously if he, if you told me, Hey, he's guaranteed to play a full season, he smashes the over. Um, so so I'm going to say even with a couple of games missed, I'm going to say the over. Yeah.
2: Yeah, And, and you Matt, and, and we also, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's the thing we had the guarantee. We had the, you know, the Almanac and everything that would be a a beautiful thing. We would, you know, be, be having our own Island, probably maybe by X from Elon.
0: actually you know what i took a look at that thing uh real quick the the almanac by aaron Schatz, it's available at ftn fantasy that thing is thick
2: yeah it's insane it's so good <laughs>
0: It really, it's another reason. It really is. It's, it's got a little yes. – it's got a, a bit of baseball nerdiness to it, which I really do like. Um, so I, I, I've been, i been – obviously, I'm not done with it uh, by any means necessary, but it has some interesting things in there. Uh, we talked about Justin Fields, the passing volume, potentially the lack thereof, the concerns of that. Last year, he threw for 17 touchdowns, only played 15 games. They brought in DJ Moore. I think that we see an increase in volume. I think that he plays more than 15 games, obviously, if you're p- play, placing it over – You have to uh, project a player to be healthy all year. Uh, 18.5 passing touchdowns. I think Justin Fields goes over that.
2: I'm with you guys. I'm on the over and just kind of hope for health there. Uh, Jalen Hurts, 8.5 interceptions. He had six last season. He had nine the year prior. It's a kind of a nice number there. Um, It feels like a good one. I mean, at least for me, I feel like if I had to choose, I would go with the over. Where do you guys stand?
0: Go i'd go over i'd go over i think i think that they might get a little more ballsy there we were hearing about the connections of uh and the chemistry growing even more with aj brown and um you know uh devonta smith is just doesn't drop anything etc right and you got another year with the th- th- those that trio together uh maybe hurts just a little too comfortable right and uh wants to become a little bit of a gunslinger not that i'm i'm Predicting that to happen, but in that sense, I think that he would throw more than eight and a half interceptions.
2: Nelson.
1: Oh man. I'm gonna say under.
2: Okay. Justin Fields. This is uh circling back to our conversation about his bumping up his pass volume and, and just that offense in general. 18.5 passing touchdowns is the line and underdog 2022 last season, played a full uh almost a full season, 15 games. He had 17 passing touchdowns in that low, incredibly low record, low-volume offense. In 2021, he threw just seven in 12 games. Um, Remember, he had more interceptions than than touchdowns that year. Really wasn't yet Justin Fields. Nelson, start with you. Where are you on that? Over or under 18.5?
1: What was the the total?
2: Uh, 18.5 passing touchdowns.
0: You sounded like you were uh, asking an attorney a question and you were – the witness or the
1: person. Yeah. Could you repeat that, please? <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Um, he's,
2: he's, he's in three drafts right now. Sorry. Yeah, we've yeah. Gone, we've yeah. gone over.
1: Uh, man, that, these are tough, man. That's why that's Vegas. Why that's yeah. why you don't, you just don't do, you don't bet because like Vegas, like, you know, they've got these nailed. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say over.
2: I would say over as well. How about you, Maddie?
0: I already gave my entire stance on this. Just like, oh,
2: I'm sorry. Okay. We're on page seconds ago. <laughs> last one. Let's, let's, let's close things out here with the man, the myth, and hopefully much less of a D bag in 2023. Russell Wilson, three, 3 passing yards is the number, by the way, his career uh, average over the last 11 seasons. I know it doesn't really mean much. This isn't baseball, but it's 3690 uh, last year. He had 3,500 around 3,500 the year prior, around 3,100. The two previous seasons, he was over 4,100 in both of those years. Um, so last couple of years are the only seasons where he's actually missed some time. So, an older, uh, fatter Russell Wilson, as you said, um, where do you stand at, at that number, 3,800, Maddie? Let thy cook.
0: Uh, I think he goes over. Uh, he is. The second year in the offense, Sean Payton's come in. Obviously, know how explosive his offenses can be. The pass attempts and the volume should increase. Um, I, I, I think, like Nelson mentioned earlier, twenty twenty two last season was as bad as it's going to get. It can mm-hmm. only go up, and it will. So let Russ cook.
1: I'm, I'm having, I'm having these like flashbacks of.
0: Oh no!
1: I, I'm, I'm sorry, Maddie. I'm going to have to throw you under the bus. But like, I remember last year, <laughs> Maddie with his Let Russ Cook. Um, it was every episode, every episode when we were talking. And I tried to warn him about it. And he just didn't listen. Yeah. So
0: yeah, My Cortland Sutton shares didn't end too well either. No, I had, had Cortland Sutton
1: also. Uh, that was not good. But, but I am is, going to say the under on the 3,800.
2: Okay. And I'm going with this one on my heart, and this is not a recommendation to bet it, but I will go with an over there as well. Um, any last second thoughts here before we close out the quarterback position, just kind of an overall approach to it um, in NFFC or just any type of format?
1: Um, I... I I mean, you know my stance. This year, I'm going with one of those top eight quarterbacks. If uh, it just the draft plays out and I don't get one of those, I want uh, Watson or Daniel Jones, and that's it. Like that's that's my plan. Maddie, um, what he said. <laughs>
2: <laughs> He's like, "What's the question? It's late." No, no, Mad- seriously. What here. what what Nelson yeah. said. Oh, okay, seriously, okay. I, okay. I,
0: I don't really. I, I concur. Um, top eight quarterbacks, I, I'm good with all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm actually a little skittish on Joe Burrow, but we're not going down that yet. So the top eight mm-hmm. quarterbacks pony up. Deshaun Watson, great. Daniel Jones, great. And, it, uh, you know, we mentioned on the primetime, sometimes they get pushed up, kind of like the starting pitcher pool. Um, and if that does happen, Jared Goff, Brock mm-hmm. Purdy, Aaron Rodgers, one of those guys. Um, let's go.
2: And so just to, to wrap things up a little bit here, we, everyone loves Mahomes. He's our kind of a number one guy hurts there as well. Um, near the top Allen, slightly behind, just like ADP essentially has it. Uh, we, uh, we're fans of Justin Herbert for the most part. Uh, we all like Trevor Lawrence, Maddie more than most Watson over Tua, um, in that mid range. We're big fans of golf. Um, Maddie loves Aaron Rodgers. Um, I like Russell Wilson. And we all like Daniel Jones. Um, as far as the younger, uh, you know, Derek Carr is in the mix here. We didn't talk much about Stafford and Kyler, um, nor Jordan Love. Because we don't Brock want him. is our late-round guy. Uh, Sam Howell is the deep, deep guy or your third guy in a super flex League. Next week, we will talk about running backs, and we will really break it down for you all. So hope you enjoyed this first episode of the FTN High Stakes Fantasy Football Podcast. For Matthew Davis and Nelson Souza, I'm Vlad Sedler. Thank you, and we'll catch you next week.